0: Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility presents the Vermont Conversation with David Goodman, exploring ideas with innovators, changemakers, business leaders, politicians, and activists. This special feature from Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility is underwritten in part by the Alchemist Brewery of Waterbury & Stowe, proud B Corp using the power of business to support a clean environment and economic opportunity for all. Vermont Student Assistance Corporation, VSAC helps students of all ages save, plan, and pay for college and career training with education and career planning services, need-based grants, scholarships, low-cost education loans, and Vermont's official 529 college savings plan. Green Mountain Power delivering clean, cost-effective, and highly reliable power to customers and offering cutting-edge products and services to reduce costs and carbon. UVM Medical Center, Burlington, Vermont, the heart and science of medicine. Norwich Solar Technologies, providing complete clean energy services to Vermont's schools, towns, nonprofits, and businesses. Concept 2, designers and manufacturers of Concept 2 rowing oars, indoor rower, ski erg, and bike erg, and proud to support nonprofit groups such as the Green Mountain Club. Let's Grow Kids, a statewide campaign about the need for more high-quality, affordable childcare in Vermont to better support our children, families, communities, and economy. And nearly 700 VBSR business members who believe that sustainable business practices value people, planet, and profit. Learn more at www.vbsr.org. Welcome to the Vermont Conversation, I'm David Goodman. The COVID-19 pandemic and economic downturn are affecting many people's mental health. In a recent poll, nearly half of adults in the U.S. reported that their mental health has been negatively impacted due to worry and stress over the virus. Alcohol sales are up over 50% compared to this time last year. And social distancing makes all this even harder. We're going to spend the hour this week on the Vermont Conversation, talking with several experts in Vermont about what is happening here and what you can do about it, and you're welcome to join this conversation by calling us at 244-1777. In our first half hour, we're going to have, actually for the whole hour, we'll be joined by Mary Moulton. She is the Executive Director of Washington County Mental Health Services. And Margaret Joyle, Director of of the Center for Counseling and Psychological Services at Washington County Mental Health. Later in the program, we'll be joined by Linda Johnson of Prevent Child Abuse Vermont. I wanna kick it off with uh, Mary Malton. Mary, tell us a little bit about what Washington County Mental Health does ordinarily and what you're seeing now during the pandemic.
1: Well, hi, David. It's great to talk to you, and thanks for having us on. Um, Washington County Mental Health has been around for 50 years or more at this point in time, and we, we uh, provide services to our community as a community mental health agency for children, uh, very young, and families through adults. Um, we have many different aspects of services from... Uh, residential and group homes for people with special needs, to outpatient therapy, emergency services 24-7 around the clock. That's what we do on a regular basis as well as providing homes and supports for people with developmental and intellectual disabilities within our communities and supports for that folks to live independently as well. So it is a large gamut Um, including supports in schools where we have behavior interventionists and uh, we actually run our own school as well for uh, children with special needs. So um, these things have changed a bit as we saw schools closed, of course. So our school, for one, uh, closed, but we maintained supports for children and families by reaching out to them throughout this entire time. We have maintained supports um, in our services for people uh, who have mental health challenges, for example, um, severe mental health challenges through our case managers, through our uh, therapists, through our support workers, and we have uh, maintained our residential facilities uh, through face-to-face contacts. We, in fact, are our health care provider. So uh, that has all continued, and uh, we do that face-to-face as well as a considerable shift to telehealth when the COVID-19 pandemic began.
0: So since the beginning of the pandemic, and maybe you can sort of trace that to when you saw uh, you know, the issue of what's going on in the larger society start appearing among your clients, or perhaps these are not your traditional clients, perhaps you Seeing people who are you know haven't haven 't been coming to Washington county mental health before, when did this begin, and what are you seeing in terms of the effect on people here we We
1: really began to uh, see the effect probably cresting with high anxiety at the beginning of March and Uh, What I would say is there was a pace of people coming into the emergency room, and we were really seeing that at that time. And then all of the guidance and the precautions came along and our order for sheltering in place. So that we went into a lull after that um, of a little bit over the past few weeks, uh, and it's picking up again now. So while we went from uh, people coming in, um, through our doors, and we always see people we don't know, by the way. Um, you know, that's just that's why we're here. We're here for the entire community, so uh, we are open all the time. So we had, uh, we had a surge, like in the beginning, and then when the order came, a little bit of a lull, and we're beginning to pick up again with, with people calling us, just saying, hey, really having a hard time. Can you give me some tips at, um, you know, how I manage my anxiety? To uh, those who already have pre existing conditions who are having a much more difficult time um, staying home or having more of a limited space. So, we're working really, really hard right now to help people do what to stay out of the hospital, frankly, even psychiatrically. And if you look statewide, you'll see that psychiatric bed utilization is down. That's a lot because of the work that we have been doing on the ground um, with those we know. And we are also helping those that are calling us who are, um, you know, wanting special services. And I am sure Margaret can speak to some of that as well around what we've been doing with um, with telehealth and reaching out in that fashion.
0: Yeah, let's turn to Margaret Joyle. Uh, she's the director of the Center for Counseling and Psychological Services at Washington County Mental Health. And Margaret, you were on this show uh, several years ago Mm -hmm. when you got deployed to Harwood Union High School uh, to help the student population there in the aftermath of the car crash tragedy that took five students' lives. So welcome back to the Vermont Conversation. Thank you. Uh, So talk about what uh, you're seeing. You're a specialist in trauma. How does trauma figure into what's going on right now? So... Uh, thank you, David.
2: Um, trauma plays into it in probably a couple of different ways. Um, when we have a um, a crisis like this, a pandemic, there are two types of crime that increase, and um, most crime actually goes down, uh, and that is child abuse and domestic violence. And so we are certainly seeing um, families being absolutely stressed um families who people are working at home and then trying to homeschool their kids families in which they're not working they've been laid off and so they're home and they don't know how to pay the bills and they're 24 7 taking care of their kids and um needing to do basic things like provide them meals uh which has become you know becomes increasingly difficult um then people with trauma histories are um not always but are can be very triggered by events like this being having your control taken away being told that you really have to shelter in place um can be very triggering we have um over 200 homeless people who are being uh, graciously housed in our area hotels, but they also can't really leave. And so um, we get people calling just really triggered, um, feeling like they're being, you know, kept prisoner. And um, so things like that can be um, really hard to manage. And COVID, as I think we all know, is this very, um, you know, it's invisible, we can't see it. And so we're relying on people to tell us what to do. We we don't know, um, and so it's this insidious disease that we we really, you know, we, we're attempting to have control over. We're actually do, doing a very good job in Vermont, um, but it's terrifying when you think of it. It's so we have people having panic attacks um, and certainly heightened use of substances in order to manage that anxiety uh, and, as I say, an increase in family um Difficulty
0: in probably every way. When what I'm all, can you? Yeah. What What can you do, or what can people do who feel this heightened anxiety?
2: You know, to, speaking as a clinician for a minute, I think one of the things that's really fascinating about it is most often I'm not having the same experience as my clients at the moment that we're meeting, and now we're all having that same experience at that moment that we're meeting. And in some ways, there's something great about that because we can, you know, normalize and uh, empathize and really identify with what people are going through, uh, and sometimes that in and of itself can be really helpful. We have a, um, we have a wellness program as well as a trauma treatment program. The, um, the payer system has really flexed its rules so we're able to offer uh not only individual therapy over the phone and b- via uh Zoom but we're also able to uh provide groups and so we're providing wellness groups we're providing two co-occurring groups uh and people can zoom into them so they're uh they're remote but they're a little more in person than the telephone, and so those are very oriented towards skills, towards self-care, grounding. What do you do with your day? How do you insert sort of intentional, positive, um, kinds of activities? How do you how do you connect? People are very lonely, and again, I imagine that many of us can identify with that. Um, I have a grandson; I can't kiss him. It's the, the strangest experience. But I can bring that into the therapy session and maybe not directly share it, but certainly share that I, that experience is really hard.
0: Does telehealth offer something uh, either better or worse than face-to-face meetings?
2: Um, I have a colleague here who in his first interview said there is really no substitute for face-to-face, and I happen to agree with him. Um, on the other hand, uh Zoom is at least uh, second or third to that. And for some people, it's really been very interesting because some people feel more secure in their surroundings and they like being able to share, you know, a little bit of their home. Um, and I've had the experience with clients of them actually being a little more available to talk about how they are and to sort of be a little more insightful and i think it's they feel more comfortable where they are so it's a it's a mix it's what i would say is it's a mix um and i'm very glad to have the tool what i think will change permanently really is that we now have telehealth we talked about it forever now we do it and we'll continue to do it but just not for everybody for people for whom that's you know it's useful
0: If you're just tuning in, uh, you're listening to the Vermont Conversation. Uh, My guests are uh, Mary Malton, the Executive Director of Washington County Mental Health, and Margaret Joyle, who is the Director of the Center for Counseling and Psychological Services at Washington County Mental Health. And if you have thoughts on the issue of the impact, the anxieties and stresses of dealing with COVID, you can join us. Uh, by calling 802-244-1777. I understand that uh, Washington County Mental Health has a COVID support program. Um, I'm not sure, uh, Mary or Margaret, which one of you uh, would like to talk a little bit about what that is.
1: I'd I'd be happy to speak to that, David. Um, So when you have a What we would term in the definition of a disaster, a pandemic, uh, that is a large event that affects a number of people in significant ways, in negative ways. Um, You know, we have a model called crisis counseling, and that essentially is our COVID support program. So while Margaret uh, was talking about groups and therapy, the crisis counseling is not therapy, um, it is for a person to call in and actually do those. Some of the very things Margaret was discussing is to just um, talk a bit about what their experience has been with having to um, shelter in place, perhaps have, being unemployed, perhaps having the kids at home, um, whatever it might be that is causing distress. So it's a level of stress that is really tipping you over and you just need to talk to someone about it and recenter what you can control. And so, what the purpose of this support program is, is to talk with you about what you might be having as a reaction to stress. And we all react to stress in the same way, actually, at different times. And it might be um, through a physical reaction of, you know, having a heart palpitation, or it might be that there is sleeplessness going on or um, you're not able to think the way you usually do because you can't concentrate on the book that you were reading. You just are watching way too much television and we really, really uh, want to accentuate for people to limit that because studies have shown that people who have experienced PTSD following critical events and disasters, some of those folks um, have actually um, experienced higher levels of PTSD due to being further away from the site of the tragedy but watching television all the time and not seeking the same kind of help that, of, from those that might be involved in the tragedy. So, you know, in this case what we're saying is let's, let's give you some tips, um, let's examine what you're experiencing, um, whether you're having some of these stress reactions, and then build with you a little bit of a plan to help you gain control back in your day because uh, that is what is happening when, uh, when we have been given an order to, you know, stay in or comply in a certain way, wear masks. Masks are sometimes really hard for people mm-hmm. to put on, really difficult. Um, that may be due to some previous trauma. It may be uh, due to a feeling of claustrophobia. So, you know, how do we help people through some of these steps that they have to take, um, reminding them about social distancing, doing these things, but yet helping them feel like they are controlling their situation? And when we, we, because they are we, as Margaret so aptly points out, when we feel like we're more in control, then it lowers our anxiety. So that is what the COVID-19 Um, you know, support program that we're offering to folks who call in for a few sessions and, uh, you know, are looking for that kind of assistance will receive some psychoeducation and then some assistance and planning. And if they need something more than that afterwards, then we can refer them on to more services. But um, initially, you know, uh, conversation and let's help you out a little bit. This is a normal reaction to a pre-atypical event.
0: And Margaret uh, Joyal, are is it possible to characterize who is kind of, you know, what are some of the issues, what, type, what people and what problems that they're dealing with are most affected by the current crisis? Hmm.
2: You know, I'm sort of going to go back. I think we're all affected by the current crisis, and then we respond to it probably very often because of experiences we've already had. So I think people who, um, you know, people who have high levels of anxiety going into it are likely to have higher levels of anxiety. Um, people who have sort of challenges managing their emotions may find themselves being more volatile, more irritable, um and and so it it and, and that I think this is true in life, but it, it is certainly true in times like this. People who have um already existing um mental health challenges, um, certainly people who have um trauma and sort of unprocessed or untreated trauma are are all people who are likely to uh just be more vulnerable to having a hard time. What I'm seeing, which I Um, I guess I hadn't known I would see is, although the literature certainly speaks to this, people with substance abuse issues are are certainly very vulnerable to um, using more substances. And so we had one co-occurring group, uh, substance use mental health group, and recognized that we actually needed to have a second um, in order to meet that need. And so we have people who really have not engaged in treatment and haven't thought of themselves as having a problem who, already, who all of a sudden are faced with just having difficulty managing. Um, and then, you know, people who have been sort of taking what I'm seeing most recently, and I would agree with Mary, there was a lull right after the um, the, the initial sort of shelter in place and um, was put in place, and then, uh, and we actually didn't get any calls requesting services for a week here in outpatient. And then that, then that picked right up, and it continues to. We still, we continue to have people um, needing services. People who have not been doing well historically are doing a lot worse right now. So I would say that we have uh, uh, more in more people who we sort of have active concerns about their safety and how they're taking care of themselves.
0: What do you want listeners to know if they're struggling at home? Uh, what do you want them to know about what they can do, how they can deal with this? So what I want them to know
2: is that they, we as human beings are inherently and biologically social creatures. And we need to connect with each other. And so we have to be six feet apart. And so maybe we have to be on the phone or on Facebook. But we need to connect. And um, that might be, in my mind, the most important thing we do, is intentionally reach out to people who we love or care about and express that love and caring. Um, And it's remote, and it comes often without physical contact, but it it's a very important thing that we do to take care of ourselves. Probably the most important thing.
0: Mary Moulton, uh same question for you. What do you want listeners to know if they're struggling right now?
1: Certainly, ditto what what Margaret said. But but the other thing is is that we we are here at Washington County Mental Health, and as um, as your community mental health provider. Uh, we have stayed open and our staff has, um, has been intact. Um, we uh, have services should you need them. So we're really always, David, we're always trying to bust the stigma of mental health because mental health is health. And um, we, we just recognize that crisis increases mental health and addictive uh, disorders. And so um, we want to let people know that they can reach out for help if they need it beyond their uh, normal um, commu- their normal uh, family ties and give us a call. And uh, we're here for them. So that's a 24-7 line and we're available.
0: Are you also continuing, Washington County Mental Health also continuing to do some face-to-face work?
1: Absolutely. Yes. We actually have over 200 people currently of our 750 employees that are doing face-to-face work. Um, that's due to the fact that we do run group homes and residentials, but we also are, um, are available for that. And even in outpatient services, Margaret will tell you that there are some people who really need to be seen face-to-face. And with that social distancing piece in, fa- in place um, and or with masks or personal protective equipment, uh, we are uh, We are responding to people, yes
0: how does uh what do you find is different with the telemedicine um, are people for example keeping their appointments more with telemedicine than they might in person you know they didn't they did initially um,
2: and then we're having an increase in no shows and cancellations in the uh, last week, which. I'm not sure what to make of um so that's not as different, but what is different is the uh amount uh, honestly the amount of work it is to provide an effective zoom meeting is different um, to make that connection to be really present with someone to think about what it what is their circumstance that they're in right now are they? Relatively safe and secure right now. Are they? Um, are they really struggling? And so you want to be very careful about what you say, um, or can you really sort of assume a sort of um, sort of the track of therapy that you were on prior to COVID? And so it takes a lot of assessment, and and a lot more interaction. Um, interestingly, a lot more sort of intentional. Interaction, and so we have clinicians really thinking about how that works and uh, making sure that it's as familiar as possible for clients. People set up their Zoom so that they're in their offices and it looks the same. Um, yeah, it's just it's a it, it, it is its own kind of work, and people we're interested.
0: We're gonna take a short break for the news. And when we come back, uh, we're gonna continue our conversation with uh, Mary Moulton and Margaret Joyle from Washington County Mental Health. But we'll also uh, having joined the conversation will be Linda Johnson from Prevent Child Abuse Vermont. You're listening to the the Vermont Conversation. I'm David Goodman. Uh, Stay tuned and we'll be back right after the news. The Vermont Conversation with David Goodman is brought to you by Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility and by Vermont Student Assistance Corporation, Green Mountain Power, Concept2, Norwich Solar Technologies, The Alchemist Brewery, Let's Grow Kids, UVM Medical Center, and nearly 700 business members of Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility who believe that sustainable business practices value people, planet, and profit. Welcome back to the Vermont Conversation, I'm David Goodman. We're spending the hour this week talking about COVID-19 and mental health. A recent poll showed that nearly half of adults in the United States reported that their mental health has been negatively impacted due to worry and stress over the virus. Alcohol sales are up over 50%, and social distancing is making all this even harder. We're joined by, we're continuing our conversation with Mary Moulton and Margaret Joyle from Washington County Mental Health. And we're also joined in this half hour by Linda Johnson. She is Executive Director of Prevent Child Abuse Vermont. Uh, Linda, I wanna uh, welcome you into the conversation and um, hear from you. What are some of the special stresses that are going on in families that you're hearing about?
3: including me, and it's wonderful and an honor to be on with Mary and Margaret. So thank you.
0: Um
3: sure. Some of the – yeah, go ahead.
0: No, that's it. i, I um, <laughs> okay. uh, continue.
3: So some of the, the new and difficult stressors we're hearing about from parents is that their children are stressed and worried and anxious in ways that they haven't seen before – and wanting to know how to deal with that, how to protect their children, how to protect themselves from feeling much like their children are, really afraid and worried, and, you know, this is an invisible problem that we have. We don't see it coming. People can be asymptomatic and still be uh, providing contagion, so... It is a scary time for lots and lots and lots of Vermonters, and, um, and in particular, children and parents.
0: You, uh, Linda, you had a, an op-ed in VT Digger uh, recently, noting that uh, April is Child Abuse Prevention Month across the country. And you also talked about this being an unprecedented time that can elevate the risk for child abuse, domestic violence and increased substance abuse. What are you finding with in terms of child abuse uh, and domestic abuse?
3: Well, we understand from DCF, the Department for Children and Families, that their calls to the central intake line are down 50 to 55%. Hmm. And the reason that is alarming is because Children are at home and not out at school, in after-school programs, this summer going to camp. We don't know what's going to happen there, and they're not in child care. They're not necessarily going to all of their well-child visits uh, to doctors and to dentists. So mandated reporters who would normally have eyes on children and at-risk children are not necessarily seeing them. And so, hence, the big drop in reports of child abuse and neglect. That doesn't mean that abuse has stopped. In fact, isolation can be a big factor in whether abuse happens or not. So that, I think, is one of the most alarming concerns that we have.
0: And That is a remarkable statistic that that calls are down by 50% to DCF.
3: Yes. Yes. And, you know, domestic violence is really quite similar. If you were having difficulties before, if you were feeling unsafe before, and now you're kind of trapped at home uh, with the person you fear the most, um, this this is really problematic. And we understand from the Network Against Domestic and Sexual Violence and from DCF that domestic violence is up. So, and Child abuse, overall, I just want to circle back to that, is something that happens in secrecy and in silence and um, behind closed doors, and that is the condition that we find our families in right now. So, and then there's the online predators who, this is unprecedented access to children and youth for them, because of course, as a stress. Producer parents are more apt to let kids have more screen time, and perhaps because they're working at home or just concerned with their own need to reach out to friends and family, um, they may not be watching over what their children are doing online as carefully. So we have a big worry there. We really, really do.
0: So uh, talk about what you're doing or what, you know, some are doing to deal with the fact that we have lost this essential link, as you say, the eyes on children. Mm -hmm. What can be done about that?
3: Well, for one thing, I'm very um, thrilled with the work that uh, Mary and Margaret are doing at Washington County Mental Health and continuing to see people because, of course, that really is a great stress reducer feeling connected and not alone is really a determinant of, you know, behavior. So we're very, very happy about all of that. We're doing parent help line, you know, 24-7, and that's 1-800-CHILDREN, and getting calls from parents and helping them deal with this crisis in their homes. We're also giving out information about the domestic violence hotline, um where they can find access to food, a lot of our families are feeling food insecure, they're accessing community um, food shelves, and um, you know that is great, and so many schools have been terrific about continuing to feed lunch to kids. Um, we're also doing a lot of online education and training, shaken baby syndrome prevention to all professionals, including medical professionals, but um, child care professionals who are mostly home and can use this time for in-service and um, as individuals and as groups. And we're also doing child sexual abuse prevention education online, including technology safety, which is so very important. And anyone is welcome to go on Eventbrite and sign up for these, these really good trainings.
0: And they do that through the website uh, of Prevent Child Abuse Vermont?
3: They can go right to Eventbrite for the trainings. To join a support group or a nurturing parenting program online, you can go to our website. And if folks don't have computers, we can get them connected and they can have a computer if that is what is preventing them from accessing that kind of support. And we've got groups going now all across, well, I want to say the state, but they're kind of from, parents are joining from everywhere and meeting one another online. So these are all virtual meetings, virtual groups, and they're working really well. We are pretty impressed with these um, online interactive platforms that we've been using, Go to meeting and Zoom. We also have a a guide for parents and caregivers for getting through COVID 19. And you can go to our website and download it. It's free and really, really helpful. We've been getting a lot of positive response about it.
0: Let me uh, bring Mary Moulton from Washington County Mental Health back into uh, the conversation. Mary, Right now, we're experiencing uh, very high levels of job loss. Uh, I think I heard today that something like 50% of Vermonters or more are affected, their households are affected by job loss. Um, what can be done about the particular stresses around job loss and and economic distress?
1: Well, again, that's a really difficult space for people to be in, and I think Uh, A lot of people were waiting, David, for even those that had employment for unemployment checks. So, information is helpful, you know, if we can assist people, and we often do this, just having knowledge around what information people can seek um, to get the answers to their questions if they don't know who to call or have someone help them with that. That sort of thing, um, if, we, if someone calls in for the support, for example, for our uh, COVID-19 support program, we could help them with locating information around that, locating information if they don't have it on where to get food. We have a wonderful effort in our region um, for people who are homeless and um, in need of food, they're food insecure. Um, there's uh, our, We have a regional command center, actually, and through um, Capstone in our region, there have been meals made and delivered to our shelters. Uh, ourselves, we are delivering food. We set up a food site through our uh, school site, and we are delivering uh, food to students within families so that we can have some of that contact with the family and therefore if there are questions or stresses around um, money, around uh, follow-up for economic assistance, we can be providing that information to the family. Uh, This is a huge stress for folks and so um, information and, and how to gain some dollars is extremely important. We have people that are, the bottom line is we have people that are really hurting out there. Um, and are in a bad way. So the most important thing is for them to maintain their housing and to have uh, food that's coming through the door. And if at least we can have that happening, um, you know, we can help them or they will be reaching out to the services that can help them to move forward on that. But this is a really hard time for Vermonters where that is concerned, which is what causes the stress. So Um, You know, if we can be a listening ear, um, if we can help them to maintain perhaps if they're feeling angry and that's affecting the family, if they can call and we can just help them with some of that, give them some strategies around getting outside, taking a walk, shifting on and off with a partner in the household to take a break, Mm -hmm. um, just even if it's for an hour. These are the types of things that we want to encourage during times of high stress.
0: And what number is it that people can call?
1: For us, we have a line for emergency services, which is 229-0591. And then they will be referred to assistance.
0: They and just, that is for people in Washington County yep. or, or beyond or just Washington,
1: Washington County? Co- Washington County, yes. And we have people okay. who call from other areas. But there are other agencies like ours in each region and people uh, need only look up, you know, their community mental health center in their region, and it should pop up.
0: Um, okay.
1: I, I'd also uh, add, just uh, to tack on to what Linda was saying, devices are so important for people who are, um, who are wanting to communicate and don't have that. So we, we've also been trying to get some of those electronic devices out the door. They're very important for the communication piece. And anything we can do around that, um, we will as well.
0: Uh, Linda Johnson, uh, I'm curious as you look ahead here, there's obviously a lot of concern uh, and uncertainty about whether schools will resume in the fall or, or when they'll resume. So, you know, it is uh, just about to start in May. I mean, you're looking at a long stretch here. Uh, both the remainder of the spring, the summer, and possibly continuing into the fall, where there's kind of a break in the chain of care for children. Um, What are you doing to prepare for this, and and what can parents do to prepare for this?
3: I think nothing helps like planning. And um, so I say that, It is a very difficult time to plan because, you know, we're hanging on um, the governor and Dr. Levine's words um, every day at 11 o'clock to hear what is the big picture, what is the plan. And I think we all just have to do the best we can with what we know day by day by day. But we are ramping up all of our online groups. Um, There are just so many of them that are – Um, coming online and um, happening, and we have our 1-800-CHILDREN number, which is statewide, and, you know, training and educating and supporting and referring over and over and over again. We really have no idea. I mean, if anybody does have an idea, we'd sure like to know it. But, um, you know, safety is number one, health and safety, but um, this conversation about mental health and child abuse and domestic violence these are all components of staying well and going outside, just as you were saying a few minutes ago, I think that was you, margaret I'm not sure or mary um, you know is something we really encourage people to do And taking turns, taking shifts, um just you know not having to finish an argument trying to avoid, you know, big confrontations in front of the kids. Uh, You can't send them to a neighbor's house. You can't um, swap kids for the night. Uh, It's really difficult. And so using all of the telephone supports that there are and uh, if there are home visits or appointments that can be made and made in person, and, again, just getting out of the house, spring is here, you know, taking walks, taking turns, being with the kids. These are all things that will help families get through and keep their children safe. I wish I knew if there was going to be some kind of summer school or that camps were going to take place and childcare. It sounds like child care is going to come back um, perhaps more quickly than schools. Um uh, and so we'll just have to see if we can all be healthy and um, and have that opportunity to have little ones have support and play with their friends and parents have time with other adults, either going back to work or getting back into their normal routines, mm-hmm. having a schedule, having a feeling like your life is your own again. Is so important, and you know, for some families, this is a terrific opportunity to hang together and do cool stuff. But for a lot of families, it's unprecedented stress. So we want uh, all for that.
0: Mary Malton, I, I I know that you are. You, you mentioned that Washington County Mental Health runs a ther- therapeutic child care. Um, and that you're continuing to deliver meals and do home visits. Um, tell us a little bit about that and, and what you're seeing when you're going to people, to the homes of children.
1: Well, for, for the therapeutic child care, of course, we had to close that, David, because that was part of the, um, you know, the the, um, the governor's um, guidance. And so um, while we could have kept it open for, because we had some workers for health care workers, we just it wasn't viable for us to do that. But for our workers that um, shifted out, we did a pretty significant redeployment exercise here For <laughs> from our staff who were in school systems um, to uh, visiting uh, homes both remotely and at the door, even if it's just to bring food and groceries. And, you know, I'm, there's definitely... Um, There are kids trying to do some of their schoolwork. All the things that are happening inside we see when we pop to the door. So um, trying to spend some time, uh, if we can, chatting with parents, giving them some support. That is a key piece of what we do on a day-to-day basis for children who might be served through our school system or through our support people that are working in schools. We would have weekly contact at least. With parents, and um, these are parents that you know have a lot of stress in their lives to start with. So we're trying to continue uh, that and doing it. Doing it, frankly, even from a distance for 15 minutes is a lot more difficult than if you get to sit face to face, you know, or uh, for for 30 minutes even. But um, but. You know, our staff is out there, and I think, uh, you know, I know, having talked to, uh, to several of them, that they're at least feeling better than when this started, when it started not knowing what direction we would go in providing those supports. They were, they were just so um, concerned about the kids, mainly because they are such a supportive part of their lives. And so just like all of our kids, just knowing that they were going to be going home and have a whole different regimen, um, they were concerned. So the contact's important. They're seeing that they're doing their, they're trying to do some of their schoolwork. Um, We actually have teachers who we have within our uh, school system that we run who are having remote contact on a regular basis um, through Zoom, doing some of those classes. It is, um, you know, it's more difficult to keep the attention span sometimes with some kids, but others are really into their uh, devices and that they can do it quite well. So um, all over the map, but having to encourage them to get out is a big deal um, so that Mm -hmm. they don't just sink into the house. Having to encourage them to not stay in front of the television set or the videos Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we're really spending time doing a lot of encouragement around uh, how to get, uh, how to get uh, outside and get a little exercise. Um, that is the hardest piece. That is definitely and the
0: hardest And what piece. is, you mentioned you have a staff of 800 people at Washington County Mental Health. What is the impact on your staff of this crisis?
1: We've really held, we, we, um, we held on to our staff throughout this. So from the beginning, we wanted to maintain jobs here, David. So um, our staff is impacted because their jobs shifted. Um, about 70% are doing more remote work, and 30% still are what we call boots on the ground. So that has been a major shift. And they have been incredibly fantastic. I couldn't be more proud, actually, of our staff in um, making masks. For example, we've made over two to three hundred for home providers of people, for our staff members, for our clients who are able to wear them. We, um, you know, have been uh, delivering uh, in for people who uh, have support or give supports to people with developmental and intellectual disabilities. To home providers, we made what we call sunshine bags to deliver to the door. Um, trying to keep uh, spirits up, morale up within our group homes, there's just been an incredible effort. In fact, we are working this week and uh, just a little sharing on a song that we want to share with our community, and we're trying to put that together. We're not experts at it, but you know, our job in mental health is to convey messaging of spirit and hope and support. And one way mm-hmm. we're going to try to do that this week is through song. That's a good morale boost for us, and we hope it's going to be a good morale boost for our fellow
0: community providers. So, Can um, you share the song with us?
1: Uh, it, Lean on Me
0: is the song. Um, the the,
1: the <laughs> pop song. The mm-hmm. that, it's a pop song. And, yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned.
0: Well, are are both of you familiar with it? Do you, you want to? Oh give yeah, it a- no,
1: I'm not going to sing it for you. Right no, now. neither <laughs> am I, David. You 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 hang on. We we'll have quite a, a you know. We hope to put this together. But. People
2: are actually excited about doing it. Yes. Yeah. The Staff are excited about doing it.
1: Yeah, we want to get it Wonderful. out for our families. We want to get it out to um, you know our individuals we support. Uh, just overall. We're going to YouTube it and be brave. So um.
0: Fantastic. <laughs> What's the line in that song that you think speaks best to the situation we're in right now?
1: <laughs> call me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, call me. When you're not strong, it. you know, uh, mm-hmm. I'll be your friend. I'll help Thank you me. carry on. Beautiful.
0: Okay, well, I think that's about as uh, as good a note to leave on as I can think of. So I want to thank all three of you for joining us on the Vermont Conversation this week. Uh, Mary, just repeat the phone number for Washington County Mental Health um, for people who want to call.
1: Absolutely. two two nine zero five nine one.
0: Okay. Well, I want to thank you, Mary Moulton, Executive Director of Washington County Mental Health, Margaret Joyle, Director of the Center for Counseling and Psychological Services, and Linda Johnson, Executive Director of Prevent Child Abuse Vermont. Thanks to all three of you for joining us. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Take care. Bye, Linda.
0: That does it for uh, (laughs) this week's Vermont Conversation. You can hear this and all shows at vermontconversation.com. Uh, I'm David Goodman. Tune in next Wednesday at 1 for another Vermont Conversation. Thanks so much for listening. The Vermont Conversation with David Goodman. This special feature from Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility is underwritten in part by Vermont Student Assistance Corporation. VSAC helps students of all ages save, plan, and pay for college and career training with education and career planning services need-based grants, scholarships, low-cost education loans, and Vermont's official 529 college savings plan. Norwich Solar Technologies, providing complete, clean energy services to Vermont's schools, towns, nonprofits, and businesses. Green Mountain Power, delivering clean, cost-effective, and highly reliable power to customers, and offering cutting-edge products and services to reduce costs and carbon. The Alchemist Brewery of Waterbury and Stowe, proud B Corp using the power of business to support a clean environment and economic opportunity for all. UVM Medical Center, Burlington, Vermont, the heart and science of medicine. Let's Grow Kids, a statewide campaign about the need for more high-quality, affordable childcare in Vermont to better support our children, families, communities, and economy. Concept 2, designers and manufacturers of Concept 2 rowing oars, indoor rower, ski erg, and bike erg, and proud to support nonprofit groups such as the Green Mountain Club. And nearly 700 business members of Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility who believe that sustainable business practices value people, planet, and profit.